Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. The summer is really going by fast, man. We're at the end of uh, August. Next week, September. I don't know where summer went, man, but it, it, it went pretty fucking quick. <laughs> I know, dude. It really flew by. And then we have Labor Day Monday, and then summer's yeah. practically over at that point. Come on, man. You know, back to school stuff, and football is back, and um, baseball playoffs coming soon, World Series, so, you know, NBA training camp. So it, it, it's a lot going on. So um, I hope you had a great summer, but it, it, it's, it's over now. <laughs> so. I know. Honestly, I'm looking forward to the fall. I honestly don't mind the fall season, especially since as we live in the Northeast. It can yeah. be it can be pretty bad here in the winter, so I appreciate the warm weather while we have it and like the fall seasons, like September through November is not bad. Exactly. Um, I know we'll talk about Raw, SmackDown, whatever happened on those shows, a couple quick updates. Uh, we got All Out coming up on Saturday, so I know we'll preview that, but I think more importantly, 25 years ago today, Grant, we had The Undertaker against The Undertaker. Jesus, that instant <laughs> classic. And then there was some other shit show that was Bret, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart on the undercard. Oh, what a yeah. nonsense match that was. Terrible. Because, you know, it, it, it was not the main <laughs> event, so it was terrible. But um, <laughs> Exactly. If it's not the main event, then it wasn't worthy of being the main event because it was shit. Um, <laughs> people, like, I think just 50 people just tuned out of the show, Randy. So, yeah, it's like today 25 years i know we you know me and you love doing these uh, anniversaries so SummerSlam, two anniversaries 25th anniversary for SummerSlam, 94 and 27 year anniversary for SummerSlam 92 so um it, one you know it, it's kind of crazy how we had this year's SummerSlam like real early i'm used to SummerSlam being in the middle of august or at the very end which i think that's what it should be, but um, they chose mm-hmm. to have it on August 11th this year. But real quick, to remind people of SummerSlam 92. Matter of fact, when was the last time you saw anything of SummerSlam 92 and 94? Oof, probably... So I've said this here on the show before. I went back and watched every pay-per-view on the network. Not like in a row, but like over the course of a few years. And I watched every SummerSlam to review it for a, for a YouTube thing I was doing. That was probably about four years ago. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I haven't checked out any of those in a while. Maybe, maybe last year because I did have Brian Shields on the show and we spoke a lot about Bret Hart's um, his run in 92, 3, 4, um, the, the classic rivalry with him and Owen Hart. So I know we'll touch up on that in a second. But um, for those who may have never seen it or haven't seen it in a while, let me recap you on 92. I'm pretty sure that uh, it, it's going to be a, a great program uh, going back to it. Um, the Bushwhackers defeated 
Wow, the Bushwhackers and Jim Duggan defeated the Mountie and the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Uh, Papa Shango defeated Tito Santana. Classic. <laughs> Legion of Doom defeated Money Inc. Nails. Wow, Nails is on the Jesus, program. that's a flashback. <laughs> Nails defeated Virgil. Virgil on SummerSlam. Rick Martel and Shawn Michaels ended in a double countout. The Natural Disasters defeated the Beverly Brothers. Uh, Crush defeated the Repo Man. Wow. Um, <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior defeated Macho Man by countout for the title, which was the longest match on the card at 28 minutes. Undertaker defeated Kamala. Tatanka defeated the Berserker. And the British Bulldog defeated Bret Hart. Uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, which many regard that as one of, if not the greatest Intercontinental Championship matches of all time. Mm. So SummerSlam 92, I think it's, um, I know we, me and you always bring this up. I know I brought it up to Brian last year, but it, it, it's kind of like, to me, it, I know Hogan was not there, but I think at this show, and you can kind of go back to kind of prove it, this was kind of like the end of that golden era of of pro wrestling with mm-hmm. the Hogan's and the Pipers and Andre the Giants and Macho and Warrior. They were still there, but they weren't there as much. Then you start getting a new influx of, of people later on, like Ric Flair came later on. They, they highlighted Sean and Brett more. Mr. Perfect was highlighted more. Ric Flair and everything. So I think 92 SummerSlam was like the end of that golden era. Yeah, it really was. I mean, like you said, Hogan was not at that SummerSlam. I think his last SummerSlam up until obviously he came back years later was probably 91. Yeah. I think he was on that show. I feel like he faced Earthquake or something like that. No, 91, um, um, he was in the main event with the Warrior in a tag match against Slaughter and those guys. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that was the main event of that show. That was probably Hogan's last SummerSlam. Unless I'm mistaken, I'm pretty sure this was Warrior's last SummerSlam right here because he was gone by the end of 92, and then he came back in 96 for a cup of coffee. He didn't compete at SummerSlam. Savage, I don't know. I feel like he may have been in 93 SummerSlam because I know he was still with the company at that point. I don't know if he was on the show, though. I don't think so. Um, Yeah, because he was probably not in that commentating, but I'm going to see if he had a match. But after that, he was a... I'm looking at 93... Macho man, macho man. No, I think it. I think it was ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. So the last Summer Slams of Warrior Savage Hogan the year before it was definitely the end of an era, and I think regarded as one of the better Summer Slams of all time, um, specifically because of the crowd in London. The last. I mean, they've done other pay-per-views there since then, like the One Night Onlys and the Resurrections and whatever other pay-per-views yeah. they did in the uh, Attitude Era. But that's not really the, the same stage as SummerSlam. Like, they haven't done a major pay-per-view in England since, I think, SummerSlam 92, uh, which is really surprising. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, they can go back there at some point. And they're going to be there this weekend, not in England. <clears throat> they're going to be in Cardiff, Wales, for a UK takeover. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it, I think it's regarded as one of the better all-time SummerSlams, if only because of the crowd, the main event. Event, like you said, which is regarded as one of the greatest IC title matches of all time. And honestly, I really enjoyed, I remember going back and watching 
Warrior and Savage, not just in my replay of SummerSlam 92, but also when uh, it was on one of Warrior's DVDs a few years ago. And it was not as good as the WrestleMania match that year, but it was still really good. Um, the countout finish was kind of lame, but it set up a later feud with Ric Flair and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, I thought this I thought this SummerSlam overall, there were a few weird ass matches like with Nails and Virgil and shit like that. But overall, I thought it was one of the better SummerSlams they've ever done. Yeah, so it happened on August 29th, but it did not air uh, in North America until two days after. It's still, I think to this, till this day, SummerSlam 92 is has the fourth largest live audience for an event. Um, WrestleMania 29, WrestleMania 29, WrestleMania 3, and WrestleMania 32 are above... Mm-hmm. SummerSlam wow. 92 so 29 really at the um the one in New York or that's surprising yeah MetLife had uh 80,000 plus WrestleMania 3 we all know 93,000 and WrestleMania 32 reportedly uh 101,000 yeah yeah well yeah that makes sense I didn't know it was I didn't know it was on that list of highest attended of all time that's that's incredible I mean the England fans love their wrestling so it's not that surprising but it's, it's another reason as to why they should go back I know wrestling isn't the same as it was in 92 but still so let me ask you this I'll put you on, I'll put you on the spot before we get into the current stuff uh, mm-hmm. Brett Bulldog 92 IC title or Macho Steamboat WrestleMania 3 <laughs> Jesus, Randy, you really putting me on the spot here. You know I had to. <laughs> uh, I got you know, go to go Macho Man Steamboat. I mean, if you want to compare the two in terms of like in-ring stuff, it's so close that you're not wrong if you choose either one. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to say a Savage Steamboat simply for the fact that you hear so many wrestlers today inside WWE and outside of WWE say that that match inspired them to become a professional wrestler. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you'll get that about that other match, too, Bulldog and mm-hmm. um, Bret Hart from SummerSlam 92. But I feel like no match, including that one, has had the same lasting impact on people that Savage and Steamboat did. So I'm going to say Savage, Savage and Steamboat, but by a very small margin. Uh, yeah, I think because it was WrestleMania, um, and, it, and it was, that was five years prior, um, I think... Some are going to put Brett Bulldog because it was very rare that you had the IC title being the main event of, of any of, of any show. But that Macho Steamboat, man, that, that was, um, you know, Macho with, as a heel and, and WrestleMania. And plus, many, I think everybody says Macho Steamboat was the best match on WrestleMania 3. I know Hogan and Andre was a, probably the, the, the bigger moment. Yeah, yeah no, of course. It, easily, going, yeah. it was one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, not just on that show. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I would go with Macho, Macho Steamboat. So yes, that was '92. Trying to see some other tidbits about it, but yeah, Warrior and Macho. That was their last uh, SummerSlam. They both left the company. I think in '93, Flair left the company in '93, and they that's when they started the new the new generation era. Which that's a whole different show for itself. But um. And now we go to 94, so that's the main anniversary to 25 years, SummerSlam 94, United Center of Chicago. Uh, I think that, that that building just opened up at the time recently, very open, very new. Um, what do we have on SummerSlam 94? Eight matches, you know, you know. nowadays you get 14. Um, Adam Baum defeated who? 
Quang. I have no idea who that is. No idea who that is, yeah. <laughs> Bam, no Bam, Bam Bam and IRS uh, defeated the Head Shrinkers. Okay. Alundra Blaze defeated <laughs> Bull Nakano for the women's title. Razor defeated Diesel for the IC title with uh, yeah Walter Payton was there. Tatanka defeated Lex Luger. Uh, Jeff Jarrett defeated Mabel. Brett defeated Owen in a steel cage match for the world title. Uh, 32 minutes. And Taker versus Taker. And it was the main event of SummerSlam 94. And uh, um, Brett Owen should have been the main event. But I guess they went with the story of Taker coming back. And uh, there was a second Taker involved. And DiBiase brought him back. And that's that's what it was in 94 so take it for what it's worth but brent <laughs> owen man um highly regarded as one of the uh, of the best SummerSlam matches of all time one one of the best uh world championship matches of all time steel cage matches uh, matches of all time mm-hmm. um the rest of the card uh could, yeah, not could be forgettable but I think yeah. the lone standout was brent owen and i'm gonna <clears throat> and i put a question on twitter earlier Brett Owen WrestleMania 10 or Brett Owen SummerSlam 94 who do you got this is another one where you can't go wrong with either one just because so matches are so great um I would say I mean like you said you already kind of said everything about the SummerSlam match how it's one of the greatest world title matches of all time best Bret Hart matches of all time best SummerSlam matches best steel cage matches of all time in WWE, which is hard to come by now because yeah. steel cage match. We do. We've seen like f- literally like at least three or four between NXT and the main roster in the last like four months, uh, which is unbelievable. But you know, back then it was such a rarity and it felt special. And you got to remember too, that feud had been building for like close to a year by that point since survivor series 93. Mm-hmm. That's a long time back then yeah. consistently too. Um, so it was an amazing match. It was a shame Owen never won the championship at least once. But anyway, between the two, I got to go the steel cage match. The WrestleMania match, real mm. quick, I would say, we talked about it before, I'm sure, here on the show. Yeah. Has got to be one of the best, not one of, it is the best WrestleMania opening match of all time. And there's a few other matches on that list, including like Brian and Triple H from WrestleMania 30, which was awesome, and a few others. But none of them, again, talking back you know looking back on savage and steamboat that we just got done talking about right another match that had a lasting impact on people and the booking was so cool too because bret hart lost that match mm-hmm. before going on to win the world title later that night which was so cool and unprecedented right you know now we have like braun Strowman and seth doing double duty at clash of champions like it's nothing but mm-hmm. when bret hart did it back then it was something we had never seen before so um if you say the wrestlemania match i wouldn't argue with you i just go the SummerSlam match just because as a complete package I think it was better and it was such a great way I think the only thing that gives it the ever so slight advantage is the fact that it was the blow off to their awesome one year feud so that would get the vote in my count in my, in my book yeah nowadays you get a feud that, that gets blown off in two weeks exactly they blow off a feud in two weeks or they just drag it on and on and on like yeah. Shane and Owens even though you don't care about it you know what I'm saying like that's right. usually the case because I think that 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 story started at Survivor Series in '93. Um, I, I think the whole Hart family was, you know, a whole team, and Owen got jealous, and he had uh, he walked out, or something happened, and then it led it to the Rumble. They were a tag team going for the belts or some shit like that, and Owen kicked Brett in the in the leg afterwards. Then it was WrestleMania. 
where Owen beat Brett. Then you led into King of the Ring. Owen won King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And then it led into SummerSlam. So you, you talk about really a whole year, uh, 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 maybe nine months of uh, of working and building a story. I and mean, that's something you're not getting nowadays. Yeah, no, absolutely. The way that that story was crafted and... I would love to think that they crafted it that way from beginning to end. I mean, I'm sure the entire thing wasn't meant to be that way, starting at Survivor Series 93. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they did a lot of long-term booking back then, so maybe it was. I don't know. Um, But I think the decision to put the title on Bret Hart wasn't really solidified until like the rumble after they heard the pop that Bret Hart got over Lex Luger. So maybe they planned on having the feud go at least till mania, maybe not beyond that. Um, but having Owen win that first match and then win King of the ring, maintain that momentum through SummerSlam, go for the championship. Really the only knock against the match isn't really a match. It's the match itself. It's the fact that it wasn't the main event and they put the spotlight on the fucking undertaker versus under faker stuff. (laughs) I mean, I understand why it's 94. They focused on that stuff more than the actual wrestling i get it mm-hmm. but like still it's it's embarrassing in retrospect but nonetheless um the match was amazing the i mean someday you i'm not not to say that you don't get feuds like that nowadays you do sometimes in different companies including wwe mm-hmm. um but back then it was such a rarity and it was such it was such a well-done story that uh it's it's hard to say that we'll ever see something like that quite like that again well owen hart did not beat brett that day but do you know who brett lost the title the title to a few months later uh, Bob Backlund, right? Bob Backlund at the MSG show? Yeah, but no. Uh, no, 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 Survivor no. I'm sorry. Series. Diesel beat Backlund at the MSG show. Backlund won it from Hart at Survivor Series, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, what a time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what a year 94 was. Bob Backlund, world champion 94. But um, So, yeah, that's the uh, 25th anniversary of SummerSlam 94. For those who haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. Um, now we get on to current stuff what did i have in front of me um some raw smackdown stuff we got an updated king of the ring uh bracket so now the uh, the elite eight we have samoa joe against ricochet then we have cedric uh gonna fight baron corbin your guy um elias and ali and then we had chad gable and andrade so um are you surprised by by the final eight Oh, yeah, absolutely. To be honest with you, I really do think that uh, honestly, I've really enjoyed this tournament overall. Like I have some nitpicks with it, like Gable and Benjamin was way too short. Like they should have given those guys a few more minutes than they did. Owens and Elias last week. I didn't really care for. But overall, honestly, Mm. this King of the Ring tournament for the first time in a long time has been the best thing to happen to wwe programming raw and smackdown were kind of on the ascent before the tournament was announced it's been slightly better over the last month and a half i don't know if that has to do with it eric bischoff and ball Heyman or what but it doesn't really matter as long as the shows are better um so that and then also the fact that with the king of the ring the matches are really good you have 16 deserving people that belong in this match mm-hmm. um I, i've been thoroughly enjoying it but uh the final eight i am surprised by it. i thought mcintyre i didn't think he would win the whole thing i would go i thought he would go a lot farther than he did i, I don't know if i said it last week here in the show but my pick since the beginning has been um i know this is kind of unconventional but andrade on the smackdown side and then alexander on the raw side i still do think andrade is winning the whole thing um and those two guys are still in it so that's still a possibility but i thought mcintyre would go further i thought buddy murphy would go further i mean the guy beat daniel bryan last week and then he gets knocked no. off by ali so i mean it is what it is i guess and then 
What was the other match that surprised me? I forgot what it was. Had, Maybe uh, it wasn't this week, but... Yeah, uh, Ali beat Buddy Murphy. Chad beat Shelton. Andrade yeah. beat Apollo. Uh, Ricochet beat Drew. Cedric defeated uh, Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. What was the other Raw match Miz. this week? Oh, no, Corbin beat Miz. I kind of figured that, so... Yeah, uh, yeah no, honestly, I like the final eight. The, the first round matches were good. I expect the matches to get even better now. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's down to Andrade and Gable which could be amazing if they give it time. Um, that's on the SmackDown side. We also have Elias versus... Ali. Ali. Okay, that is what it is. That's an easy win for Ali, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully he advances there. On the Raw side, we have Samoa Joe and... Ricochet. Who is it? Ricochet. Okay, rekindling that feed from a few months ago, which is cool. They have good chemistry. And then Corbin and Alexander, which could also be really, really good. So, um, yeah. Honestly, I'm looking forward to the final eight. I honestly like the fact that they've spread this out over the course of a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I know that in the past they've done it in one night. And, I mean, that makes more sense just because... You know, you want to have the people prove that they're worthy or whatever and, you know, win it all in one night. But spreading it over the course of a month does make sense, too, because it gives the content, gives the shows more content. And the matches have been awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, like like, like you mentioned, Buddy Murphy can beat Daniel Bryan, but he can't beat Ali. Um Oh man. I didn't I didn't even see Chad defeat Shelton Benjamin, to be honest. Um I didn't see Baron Corbin beat the Miz, <laughs> so Cedric beat Sami Zayn in in three minutes. Um, I'm trying to figure out like you got Ali in there, Cedric, Ricochet, uh, uh, Chad, these, these young high flyers in there. I'm really I'm I'm really trying to see which way they're gonna go, which way they they should go because you know I think the King of the Ring benefits the heel more. Um, so that leaves Andrade, Elias, Baron, and Joe. But who would benefit them? I I just don't think a a, a babyface is, is going to win. Um, I don't think they should just just because of the gimmick alone. So I had McIntyre, I had McIntyre, Corbin, or or somebody else winning. I have two of my guys still in there with Corbin and um, Elias still in there. So. If it, if it is Andrade, that's cool. He's still the heel, but I, I, just, I just don't think a good guy is going to win this shit. No, I don't think so either. I think it comes down to, like I said, Andrade and Alexander. It just makes more sense. Uh, maybe not Alexander Why? Why? But- tell, me, tell, me, tell me why Cedric and Andrade make sense. Well, I mean, I think Andrade, just because, I mean, him as the king, just, I mean, I know that he's dating Charlotte, and they can't really do him and Charlotte <laughs> as the king and queen because he has Zelina, but... You know, I think Zelina and Andrade just make sense. And Alexander would be a cool thing. And I think Andrade would get more heat from beating Cedric because he's a, you know, fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, what you just said just now with King Andrade and, you know, Charlotte calls herself the queen. Uh, I know they already did Seth and Becky and their stuff on live TV a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, to, to show like, hey, we are together. I mean, hey, you might they they might use that King King Andrade with the Queen Charlotte kind of thing. Uh, that's the only reason why I w- I would see that they, that they would do it. Well, I mean, I think Zelina Vega makes sense as the queen, too. And then Alexander could come close, but then ultimately fall short of victory. And I think he gains more from losing than he does winning. So that's why I say them. And if it's not, I don't think it's Cedric. I mean, I'm sticking with my original prediction of Cedric and mm. Andrade. But I think it w- could very well come down to um, Andrade and Ricochet, which would also make sense. Andrade still winning. And then 
I didn't say that initially just because I thought Ricochet would face AJ at the pay-per-view, but I think they've blown that thing off, so maybe not. But right. I still say it's going to be Cedric and Andrade, even though it's probably going to be Ricochet in that spot. Okay, uh, now we know we're going to get a clash of champions, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman going to de- de- defend the tag titles against um, who was it? Dolphin Rude, right? Yeah, it's Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode versus Strowman and Rollins, yeah. Okay, so now they had the, they had the tag team turmoil thing, gauntlet, gauntlet, whatever you want to call it. So now Dolph and Roode put together for the first time, they beat every tag team. So I knew I, I know you at home is like, all right, how can Dolph and Roode come together one time and they they beat everybody? I know that one match had like a double count or whatever it was with the, the Viking people who, who, I, who I don't like and the OC. And so they both got eliminated. So now we have Dolph and Roode against Seth and Braun. Are you were you shocked that um, Dolph and Roode got together and then just defeated everybody in one night? Oh, no, definitely. I don't think if you told me a week ago even that, oh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode become the new number one. I mean, okay, let's go back <laughs> further than a week ago. If you told me a month ago that the Raw Tag Team title match of the pay-per-view would be Rollins and Strowman yeah. versus Ziggler and Roode, I would have called you crazy just because it sounds so ridiculous, and it is, because, I mean, you had two makeshift tag teams. Like, one is whatever. I don't even like the Rollins-Strowman thing just because we've seen it so many times before. Like, Cena Batista, Cena Michaels. Like, we've seen the whole unlikely tag team champions because they're feuding at the time or whatever um i'm not a big fan of that but then you throw in together rude and ziggler okay so they have good chemistry so there's that but at the same time though like ziggler you know randy i've been i've gone on about this a million times i just don't really care about him at this point and we've already seen him as raw tag team champion within the last year with drew mcintyre right and then ziggler the same exact thing or not ziggler i'm sorry bobby rude bobby rude was tag team champion like six months ago with chad gable yeah so i mean it's it's, i don't know i'd rather see the spot go to the viking raiders so they're just they're not really doing anything right now no at least back to the oc their their ring got cut short there's so many other tag teams that would have put in that spot and taken the titles from rollins and Strowman. So on Clash, they have Seth and Braun doing double duty tag team title match against Bobby Roode and, and Dolph. Then they're going to go one-on-one for the Universal Championship. Seth and Braun, we all knew that was going to you know, end up that way. So I, I'm i not doing a preview yet, preview yet, but I think Braun and Seth are going to lose those tag belts to uh, Roode and, and Ziggler. Then they go one-on-one for the title. Also on the card, uh, you are going to have the King of the Ring finals. So we'll find out at that time who's in the finals. Bailey against Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's title. Kofi and Orton for the WWE Championship. And Drew Gulak against Humberto Carrillo for the Cruiserweight title. So we got six matches so far. Um, no IC title match. No... Um, no, no even IC title match. They, they announced Where? it on a, on Tuesday, I think. For for Clash? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's official on the website, but I know they said on SmackDown that Miz challenged Nakamura, so oh, I think that's okay. the match, yeah. Okay, so, all right. so Nakamura and Miz, let's put that there, IC title. There's no, there's no Raw Women's uh, title match yet. There's no SmackDown title uh, tag titles. There's no mm. Raw, okay, Raw tag title there. Um a no U.S. title. So, do you think um, all those matches gonna, all those belts are gonna be up for grabs, or maybe one is gonna be not? Defended? No, I think they all. I mean, that's the whole gimmick of the pay per view. So, right? I would imagine. They would, <laughs> yeah, I, they, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like the whole thing is that every championship is supposed to be on the line, except for like, oh, except for this title. You know what I mean? But yeah. 
Um, I mean, obviously, some of the titles you mentioned will have a match announced. Like, obviously, I don't know if they made the Miz and Nakamura match official yet, but I know they had said that on Tuesday, so that's happening. Mm. Um, you obviously know Becky's facing Sasha for the Raw Women's Champion, so that's happening. And then, like, the only two titles, I'm not exactly sure what, like, how it's going to land up on the show, the U.S. Championship, yeah. which AJ's already defended in the last couple of weeks against Braun on Raw. <clears throat> I guess they, they could do a third match because the last two matches ended in DQ. AJ won one, Braun won one by DQ. So, I mean, I guess they could do it again, but does anyone really want to see Braun wrestle on three times in one show, let alone once? So, I mean, hopefully that's not the case, but yeah, I could see that happening because I don't no one else really makes sense right now. True. Um, I would have done Ricochet just because they were feuding anyway. But people have told me, hey, maybe what about Cedric? I'm like, Cedric's in the king of the ring, so it doesn't really make much sense. Rey Mysterio, maybe, because no. he's doing this whole thing that he has to, you know, bounce back and whatever. Um, so maybe, I mean, that's a possibility for sure. I, I just don't see that happening. I think it could end up being Strowman, unfortunately, but that yeah. one match I'm not sure about in the women's tag team titles. I also don't know about, um, just because they've wiped out all the competition in the last couple of weeks. Alexa Bliss and, and Nikki Cross have already beaten Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. They've beaten, um, uh, the Iconics and they beat the Kabuki Warriors and like within eight days. So who else is yeah. there left to challenge them? And I then Nikki Cross that. lost to Bailey on SmackDown. So mm. unless they do another Fatal Four Away, which we already saw on Raw oh, before man. SummerSlam, I don't. That's the one title I have like no clue. So we'll see. But maybe they're not even on the show and they'll lie to us because they forgot the tag team titles existed. I mm. don't know. But um, yeah, that's that. That's how I see the card shaking out. So no, no twenty four seven championship. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th I mean, technically, it should be defended, right? It will. I think it will. Yeah, just. I mean, it will be defended. Official. I think no matter what. But the last couple pay per views, it hasn't been on the line, so I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it will be in some form or fashion for sure. What else happened on Raw SmackDown? Because I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying to see what. Okay, okay. So I wasn't home watching it, so my timeline was going Sasha, Sasha. Oh, like real praise and i'm like all right what'd she do oh she cut her like a fire promo she would she came with the blue hair and the microphone and they talking shit to natty and and i go home and watch it and i'm like eh, that's it like i think that if you notice they they were not like like with becky for example they they had her you know on the microphone last couple of months and now now last couple of weeks she's been doing the backstage kind of promos to sit downs and that i think that, that kind of fits her better and now with sasha they put they put the live mic on her and i think she was gonna really go in in, in depth with like why she left and um, took my ball and went home and this and that. I really talk about, you know, what's being reported out there. And then, like, it just stopped. And then it went into, I'm the boss and I, I'm the, the main woman in this in this division. It's my division. And the regular wrestling lingo, and then Natty comes out, they brawl, and she beats Natty and everything. So it's like, well, me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had Sasha fight until she got Becky at Clash or, or, or whatever it is. Uh, but they give her Natty on the Raw. The promo was okay. Could have been a lot better. I love Sasha with the whole new new heel gimmick. But I just feel sometimes when she's on the live mic, it just, it, it, it's not all there yet. I think she's getting a little bit better. But the way that the fans made it to, made it seem like she cut a, 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 a Stone Cold <laughs> promo, it was like, nah, it was far from that. But maybe 
maybe not even have her do that. Do, continue doing the backstage stuff like, 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 like Becky has been doing. Or don't have her talk until she fights Becky at Clash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, you know what? I wouldn't mind that approach because I did say about a week ago, maybe not on this show, but I definitely wrote about it somewhere, about how I don't mind the fact that they're dragging out her, explaining her actions from a few weeks ago. She kind of sort of did this week on yeah. Raw. Um, I didn't think the promo was great. I didn't. I don't know where that praise is coming from, but like, oh, my I mean, obviously line. Twitter, but um, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too sometimes. I'm like, oh, that was amazing. And it was like slightly above average because we're kind of like... Mm. Um, I don't want to say spoiled, but like sometimes promos aren't really they're you know, they're typical promos. And then one time if someone gets like a little better than everyone else, people take it as like the next pipe bomb or something like yeah. that. You know, it was all right. I thought it was a good promo. Someone texted me saying, Hey, that promo was crap. And I'm like, I don't think it was crap, but I thought it was good. You know, I, there was various opinions out there. I thought it was all right. Um, it wasn't, didn't fully encompass everything she's capable of on the mic. Cause we've seen better promos from her before in NXT and even on the main roster. So maybe she'll get to that point. She hasn't been a heel in like four years. It's been a long time. So maybe she'll work back to that point. She can go all out on Becky at some point on the mic. I'm not sure, but so I think so far what we've seen from this feud has been decent. I thought what we saw from Sasha on Monday, her getting aggressive with Natty, beating the crap out of her, beating her in four minutes, I thought was all very well done. The promo was it was good. It wasn't great. Um, but, I mean, is that her fault? Maybe. Is it, like, is it the writing? I don't know. Like, it's hard to blame one person over the other. I don't really know. But I just thought, I just know it was a decent promo. Mm. Um, but I, I did like the fact, and I said this last week, I did like the fact that she brought up how she's like, oh, yeah, I did set out for four months, and I took my vacations with my WrestleMania money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she got the main event at WrestleMania. And she called the tag team titles worthless, which was interesting just because they are worthless. But I don't see why the talent would say that on TV. I just feel like that's weird disconnect there but aside from that i thought it was i thought what she said was good the material was good it was just the delivery i thought was questionable mm. um but overall i thought it was decent so far i think sasha and i said this maybe here on the show last week i'm not high on the idea of her getting a push after sitting on the sideline for four months but i mean from a storyline standpoint it's been entertaining and it's been one of the better parts of the show since she came back so that's all i'm gonna say i've enjoyed it so far from what we've seen real quick going back to Seth and Braun. Now, what I've been seeing is that they're promoting Hell in a Cell in Sacramento in October. And from the arena's uh, Twitter site, Twitter feed, saying that Bray Wyatt is going to challenge Seth or Braun, the winner of their match at Clash of Champions for, for the Universal Championship. So that's been out there now. Uh, we did we did not see Bray Wyatt on Raw. You know, I, I think they did like a little recap flyer, Firefly package. So he wasn't really there. But what do you make of this rumor now, or this, I guess, information that Bray Wyatt's going to challenge either Seth or Braun? And Braun even um, responded to that tweet saying the teacher and the student and it have to, if it has to go that way so be it and then Bray says something like I already beat you and then oh no um you know I'm undefeated I'm undefeated against Seth some shit like that so now it's out there so what do you make of Bray being in that title mix already so quick I know some people say well not yet let him do this let him do that let him work his way up or whatever case may be don't do it too quick but now with his character, it's Halloween time, it's Hell in a Cell, 
and also in a Hell in a Cell match kind of makes sense. But are you on the line of cool, great, let's do it? Or like, you know what? It's kind of too early for that. It could, I could see it both ways. I mean, as soon as he entered at SummerSlam, I'm like, get the title on this guy like right now. Like, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. And the thing is, is that, yeah, it's too soon maybe for The Fiend. But like, if anyone's going to argue, oh, it's too soon for Bray Wyatt, the guy's been in the, company now, in the company now for like six fucking years. Like, the guy's been here. He's paid his dues. Um, I do agree that he should be built up more and maybe feud with someone else after beating Finn Balor at SummerSlam, maybe beat another person at Clash of Champions or Hell in the Cell, whatever. But if they put the title on him, honestly is it really the worst thing no just because he's the hottest thing going right now mm-hmm. and what having bray wyatt as either i mean it said the universal championship in that ad but either as the universal champion or the wwe champion be the worst thing absolutely not i mean i think a lot of people would like to see that as long as he's not, i mean i honestly i didn't like the fact that he wasn't on the raw after SummerSlam or smackdown i was very vocal about that but he was on raw this week and I don't think he was on last week. They covered like they did a promo instead. Or no, he wasn't on this week, but he was on last week. Like every other week, I think is cool. I like yeah. that. They did a Firefly Funhouse like recap thing instead this week, um, if I remember correctly. But uh, no, honestly, I don't have any issue with it at all. I really don't. Like people might tell you like, oh, it's too soon. I mean, maybe, but like. Does anyone is anyone really clamoring for Rollins to be champion again? I mean, he's been a good champion. There's far worse options. I mean, Baron Corbin is champion, and all these other people. But like. The issue with Rollins is that he doesn't really have any viable competition. I guess maybe Bray Wyatt would have that same issue, but at least with Bray Wyatt, you can have Rollins in chase mode. You can have at some point maybe even Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, um, all the baby faces on Raw, Braun Strowman, which may not sound too great on paper, but like they have history, Braun and Bray Wyatt. Um, you can even pull someone over from SmackDown. So there are options with Bray Wyatt if he was to win the title as soon as October. I don't hate the idea at all. I I mean, hopefully, if it happens, it would be funny just because I would think that someone's gotten fired for posting that at this point and kind of spoiling the, the main event for the pay-per-view. Um, but I wouldn't get your hopes up too yet. We'll see how Clash of Champions, um, you know, how that shakes out. And well, I mean, I, w- I would be very surprised that the Braun thing was a one pay-per-view dude. It was a one pay-per-view thing mm. uh, deal just because, you know, it, it's very, very, very typical of the company to kind of stretch out pay-per-view matches. Like Baron Corbin got like three title shots on three consecutive shows. <laughs> so I, I could see Braun getting at least two or three more shots if he loses at Clash of Champions. So I'm not going to say it will happen, but I wouldn't be opposed to it if it did. Okay, a few things. One, this is a very loaded question. So now we get Bray, part one, do we get Bray and Seth one-on-one or Bray and Braun one-on-one? Now, part two to that, if it is Seth and Bray, what does it mean that Braun Strowman loses another championship match? I mean, Braun's, Bray's got to win. He can't lose. Like, if he's going to go for the championship, he's got to win. And the thing with Braun is that, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I really have zero desire at this point to see the guy's world champion. He really should have won it a year ago, if not two years ago. Mm. He, he has to lose. Like, Rollins, I think it's comical for him to lose. Like, I appreciate the attempt they've, they've put into building up Braun as a viable threat. I think mm-hmm. that's good. I think that's great. But, like, 
Rollins just beat Brock, and we talked about it two weeks ago here on the show. The only other two people to have done that in mm-hmm. WWE to have beaten Brock twice right. are Kurt Angle and Goldberg. That's a pretty elite company to be in. Um, and he beat, he did it clean at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So then to go ahead and have him lose at Clash of Champions, I feel like is a little premature, and I just really don't want to see Braun Strowman as champion. So right. I think Braun's going to have to lose. I'd rather have him lose and endure more damage than um, have Bray lose to Braun Strowman or something, uh, which would be absolutely terrible. So hopefully Rollins retains and we are on to Wyatt and Rollins because I feel like that would be a better matchup. I know Braun and Bray has never been done before. They have history, maybe at some point down the road. But we know Wyatt and Rollins can work well together because the matches they had a few years ago back in 2017 were actually pretty, you know, pretty good. So I enjoyed them for what they were, and maybe the Fiend matches will be similar. But, um, yeah, that's how I see it kind of transpiring in the weeks and months ahead. Or what if we get Bray interfering in that match at Clash, nobody's the winner, and then you get a triple threat Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell? That sounds a lot like what they did last year with um, Roman, oh, Roman and, right? and Braun inside Hell in the Cell. And then they built to the triple threat that never happened because Roman got sick. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, it's yeah. possible. Just, I mean, that's one way. It's such a WWE-like finish where you go with like a no contest in your main event of the pay-per-view. I would not put that past them at all. I mean, it's better a regular match than Hell in the Cell, which was completely ridiculous. Um so, I mean, I honestly wouldn't put it past them because you got to do some sort of non-finish. I don't see Braun eating a clean pinfall. I mean, I guess he could because he lost clean to a uh, – not clean, but like he got pinned by Baron Corbin on pay-per-view a couple months ago. So, <laughs> I mean, anything's possible. But um, either way, I see Rollins walking out as champion, and then I could see them incorporating Bray, like you said, Randy, for a three-way at Hell in the Cell, which wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Um, one more thing before I get to All Out. Um, rumor has it that – the company has reached back out back out to Enzo and Cass about maybe a, a return to the NXT brand. We all know they're going to USA on the 18th, so they're trying to do as big things, as many big things as possible. And the rumor is that they reached out. Don't know what they said, but what do you make of the company reaching out to Enzo and Cass? And do you think they would take them up on that offer? Not a fan, to be honest with you. I mean, I liked these guys years ago when they were in NXT, and I did like them when they got called up to the main roster. And I don't want to sound like one of those people that jumped off the bandwagon, but I kind of did just because, I mean, maybe it wasn't their fault um, just because of the booking and stuff like that. It really largely wasn't their fault, but I mean, some backstage stuff reportedly kind of factored into their push being derailed, and maybe it wasn't entirely the company's fault. And then Enzo was just so obnoxious on his own, and then Cass wasn't much better off on his own either. They're much better together. Um, Cass, I know, has gotten his life back together, which is cool. He did like some DDP yeah. yoga thing. He was really overweight for a while because he was like depressed and he was an alcoholic and now he's got his life back on track. That's awesome and I think that's great. I have nothing against them personally for the most part. At least I don't know what Enzo. I mean, he kind of seems like he seems trashy, but whatever. Um, I would just be really surprised that they brought back Enzo like less than a year removed from this guy trying to fucking jump into the through the crowd at Survivor Series. Remember that whole thing where he like tried yeah. to invade the show and then they bring him back? It just seems desperate to me because they don't want them to go to AEW. And I don't think AEW wants them either. I'd be shocked if they signed them. They did that thing at Ring of Honor like earlier this year at MSG, which was fucking pointless because it led nowhere again. I don't know mm. what's going on with them. I've seen them at a couple indie shows recently here in the Northeast area and they're getting good reactions because people know them from wwe but i don't know i feel like that ship has sailed i know they need tag teams but like do you think they'd actually get a tag team title run if they got brought back i mean maybe but like would they be any better off than the revival 
Probably not. And I mean, I guess if Triple H wants them back in NXT, that's one thing. But I feel like Enzo was just talking shit about Triple H right after he left the company. So I don't know what to believe. <laughs> they did the same exact thing with Del Rio, where they let the guy go. And that was a little different because it was like a backstage thing. So that kind of that was obviously the reason why he got fired. And then they brought him back as kind of a as like a make good. But it made no sense because the guy had so so much pent-up animosity towards the company. But they brought him back anyway, and he decided to go back because mm-hmm. obviously they were offering him a lot of money. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I would rather bring back a bunch of other people that were released from NXT or the main roster. to. to I would rather bring them back to NXT over Enzo and Cass. I just kind of feel like – not that they're damaged goods, and Cass may deserve it because, again, he's gotten his life back on track, and I commend that, and that's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but from like – a character standpoint, would I, ex- would I be excited to see them back in NXT? Probably not. They were big fan favorites there for a while. Would the crowd react the same to them coming back? Maybe initially, but like people were booing them out of the building at MSG. So I feel like if anyone was to cheer them when they came back, it would just be uh, hypocrisy. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of it personally. And then we have new NXT tag champions, right? Um, Undisputed Era. Yes, after last night's NXT, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish of the Undisputed Era are once again the NXT Tag Team Champions, correct? Yeah, so Street Profits, uh, that was pretty quick, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, I was surprised. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that uh, Street Profits were dropping the titles back at TakeOver, and they probably didn't do that just because they wanted to swerve people mm-hmm. and have uh, Street Profits pick up a big win, which they did, which was cool. Honestly, I, I, I like that they did that, and that's nice. And they see the title change for TV. Um, you know, it makes the show more must-see. It's like, oh, now we got to watch the show to see it happen or whatever. I mean, it wasn't live, but they could do more of this stuff when they go live in a month. I think they'll, I think they'll be in good hands. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Street Profits haven't wrestled on raw yet maybe they were waiting for them to officially drop the titles first i don't know but um i mean i guess i mean honestly i would rather keep them in nxt just because the tag team division based off what we saw on monday in that tag team turmoil match is abysmal so i'd rather stay i'd rather see them stay right where they are than get called up anytime soon um so yeah man we got all out on saturday i'm not gonna sit here and act like I know everybody who's on the card. Um, I haven't been following anything they've been doing on YouTube to to, to promote and uh, to get fans ready for the show. But All Out uh, Saturday, August 31st in Chicago. Then after that, you get them on TNT beginning October 2nd. So uh, before we get to the card, are you excited for All Out? What do you expect from All Out? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. It should be uh, should be really entertaining to uh, to watch. A double or nothing, fight for the fallen, and fighter fest, or any indication AEW's on a roll right now with their shows. Um, and this is really it. I mean, this is their last big show before AEW and TNT, unless they do a pop-up show between now and October 2nd. This is really it to sell people like, hey, go watch our product. Um, so we'll see. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the whole card has potential. Those main events look awesome, even with the injury to John Moxley. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show on Saturday. I think it should be great. All right, so we have... I know I'm going to botch a few names, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, we have okay, pre, pre-show. We have a 21-woman casino battle royale. The winner will receive a match uh, for the women's title scheduled for October 2nd on TNT. So the inaugural AEW women's title, so they'll, they'll, they'll get a match. So I have no idea who's in it. I don't know if you do. So I'll leave it at that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, no I'm not God. exactly sure. I don't know what's going on there. With the Women's Battle Royal, I think Britt Baker wins. I know they're getting the title okay. shot on October 2nd. I mean, there's so many women in this thing. I, I mean, I actually know most of them for the most part, more than I thought I would. Mm. But, uh, I mean, it should be. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's on the kickoff show, on the pre-show. But they did the Casino Battle Royal on the pre-show for double or nothing, too. Mm. Um, so it's not that surprising. And they also have another women's match on the main card. But okay. it should be all right. I think Britt Baker wins, though. All right. All I'm going to say is good luck to everybody. <laughs> there you go, Randy. That's a production. Good luck. You got, technically got it right, I guess. Um. Private Party against Angelico and Jack Evans in a tag match. I have no idea who these four people are. Private Party are a tag team here from the Northeast. I've seen them work a few times. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to win just because they're... Angelico and Jack Evans, not everyone knows. Like You obviously, Randy, don't know who they are, but they're from Lucha Underground. That's where they kind of got their... I mean, they were also in AAA, but I know them from Lucha Underground. People know who they are. I feel like Private Party need to win more, so I'm saying them. I, I think they're going to go over here. Okay. Good luck to them, too. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Another production just got right yeah, automatically. Just good luck, man. Just, just, just go out there have a good match. Um, all right, main card. So on the main card, we have eight matches. We have... Uh, Rio Riho against Ikaru Shida. All right. No idea, dude. Rio <laughs> Rio, I know some of just because I know she has history with Kenny Omega and the shows that I've seen around from AEW. She's been really good. Um, I Shida's probably been on a show. I have no clue. I really, I'm not overly familiar with the uh, the uh, Joshi women or Yoshi. I don't know how they pronounce it. The uh, the Japanese female wrestling stars. But uh, this should be a great match, though, from an in ring standpoint. We have zero reason to care about it. I mean, listen, there's, there's yeah. no reason for it, you know. But I think I think Rio's winning now. I think for me to be transparent, I think once they are on TNT and I watch frequently or DVR or whatever, I, I, I take notice of what's going on and who these, who these people are, I will know who they are eventually. So I know it's August, two months away from really... I know people could tell me, oh, watch the YouTube stuff, but I just don't have time for that. But once, once it's on TNT and I watch it regularly, I would tend to know at least half of who these performers are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, at least with the women, they have a lot of women who are just not established at all. They really need to work on their women's division because even if you watch Being the Elite, dude, like which is kind of like their weekly show right now, these women get zero development because they're not on the show. Yeah. So why would I care about these matches? Anyone who sits here and tells you like, oh my God, this match will be amazing, and maybe it will be, but like, I highly doubt 95% of the people watching this show either know who they are or follow them in Japan. Like, it's not like they belong to New Japan. Like, they have their own little promotion. So, I mean, anyone who sits here and says, oh, I care so much about this match is probably lying to you. And they're one of those people that just kind of cares about work rate. And I care about work rate, too. But I also care about a good story. And this match has zero story. Like, what's the story or why should I care? You know? We right. talk about that a lot here on the show. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I know one guy who I don't see on the card that I remember from Double or Nothing. He's, um... Oh, he, he got the initial with M, MTF, MJF, something like that. He like the, MJF, like, yeah, MJF, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like the fake Miz. I, I like him. So Fake Miz. He's like Miz and EC3 <laughs> had a baby. Honestly, um, dude, I will say this. I had the chance to meet him on Saturday at a big-time wrestling show here in Connecticut. Oh, nice. He is – we talk a lot about, like, traditional wrestling and stuff, mm-hmm. kayfabe, whatever. The shit's dead. But this guy is so fucking dedicated to his character. Right. He was such an asshole. It's amazing. Like – 
he was such a dick wouldn't even shake my hand took a picture with him looked like he wanted to be anywhere else in the world it was so funny the guy's so dedicated and uh yeah i, I love mjf he's, he's really he's one to watch he'll be a star for sure nice um darby allen joey janella jimmy havoc cracker barrel clash so you take a guess what that cracker barrel match <laughs> is gonna be like what do you think? I mean, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a no DQ match, but I know it's sponsored by Cracker Barrel. But uh, uh, okay, I, I assume it's going to be a no disqualification. I guess that's what that means. I'm going to have Darby Allen win because they got a great match against Cody at the Fighter Fest show. I want to say he's mm-hmm. been uh, he's been one to watch too. I've seen him in a couple Northeast wrestling shows here in Connecticut, and he's really impressive. So I think Allen will win. Havoc, I don't really care for, and then the other guy, Joey Janela, is very entertaining. I just I could see him winning too, but I think Allen's the better choice. Okay. Uh, we got SoCal Uncensored against Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt in a six-man tag. Another match that really doesn't matter who wins because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing on the line. Um, and they only just announced that for the card like on Monday. But um, I'm going to say SCU just because they are the regular team. Uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are a tag team. Marco Stunt is kind of a part of the act, but they're not like a real trio, like mm-hmm. at least in the ring, if that kind of makes sense. SCU, they've been doing their thing now, like dating back to the Ring of Honor days for like two years now. So I would rather see them win. And I think uh, they are the uh, smarter choice to go over in this outing. All right. Then we got the best friends against the Dark Order. Uh, Dark Order, don't really care for them too much. I mean, they, they are very good in the ring. I think they're a Canadian tag team. They debuted back at Double or Nothing. Um, I, they, honestly, they are like a more boring version of Sanity to me. Insanity was pretty boring too, but they were even worse in terms of like character and stuff. I just don't care about them. Best Friends are very entertaining. Uh, very good in the ring. Love the act. The whole hugging thing. I think it's great. People eat that shit up. Um, that being said, I think they're going to protect Dark Order. They want them to go further in the tournament. I think they uh, advance in the AEW World Tag Team Title Tourney here. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I read tag team match winner winners receive a first round bye. Yep. In the AEW Tag Team Tournament. Okay. Um, Cody Sean Spears in a regular singles match with Tully Blanchard. Yeah, the Tully Blanchard thing is just random as all hell. I mean, I'm glad that Sean Spears, the former Ty Dillinger, is a heel. I love the feud, the idea of the feud. These guys were former friends dating back to their days in OVW. I love the story here. Tully Blanchard getting involved with for no real reason just doesn't make any sense to me. I know the guy's a legend. It's cool to see him involved, but like just random is all hell it's not like with you know paul ellering with aop like at least that made sense because they kind of were reminiscent of legion of doom i mean no one will ever be lod but it was kind of like the same thing a little bit this is just completely random but putting that aside i think this will be a good match i would like to see the feud extend beyond this pay-per-view henceforth i think sean spears has to win here via Mm -hmm. nefarious tactics so i have him winning here Bro, sidebar, what the fuck happened to AOP? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I just ranted about this on my show earlier, like, but like bro. they fell off the face of the fucking earth. Like they were in that battle royal at Super Showdown back in June and mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. E- even before then, though, like one of them got hurt about a year ago. That's why they had to drop the tag titles. They got hurt. One of them got hurt. 
And I think he's been cleared to compete ever since May. And then they came back together in that battle royal. So it's not like, you know, they're still not cleared or whatever. They're good to go. Um, they have not been on Raw. They were maybe a two-second backstage segment on SmackDown months ago. They haven't even been on main event, and that's not a good sign either. So I have no idea what the hell happened to AOP and why they were not involved in that um, tag team turmoil match on Monday. That would have been the perfect spot for them to come back and win the whole thing. Mm. So real quick, this is going to... This is on regular pay-per-view and the Bleach Report app or something else? Uh, yeah, no, the pay-per-view's airing. This one won't be free like Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen. It is like 45 50 bucks. So, I mean, spend the money if you will or, you know, find another way to watch it. it isn't, I mean, it's not money in my pocket, so I don't care. But it's Bleach Report Live, BR Live for anyone who wants to watch it on uh, Saturday night. It's a very reliable stream. I watched a couple paper. I watched Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest on there. Mm. Those were free, but the stream is really reliable, and now more so than the network, which is kind of shaky because of the new uh, update. Okay. And TNT will be airing a one-hour special called Countdown to All Out the uh, well, tomorrow, Friday. Okay. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, for anyone not familiar with the product, I would strongly recommend that they check that out. Okay, so we have the Lucha Brothers against the Young Bucks for the AAA World Tag Team Championship, and the Lucha Brothers are the defending champions. Yes, yes. This is the rematch from Double or Nothing, now a ladder match. Should be awesome. The Young Bucks won a Double or Nothing. They won again as the, with the, as the Elite with Kenny Omega back in June against Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid or something. So I feel like this is a must-win situation for Lucha Bros. Um, they'll retain the tag team titles. Should be an insane match. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think this will be the best match on the show. Bro, I didn't even know it was a ladder match. They wrote it in Spanish. They put Escalera oh, yeah. de la Muerte. Escalera like. de la Muerte, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even look like any like yeah. ladder in spanish like some words you can kind of tell they're spanish or they're english words in spanish like yeah. that you have no idea unless you know spanish or watch the show i guess yeah hey man listen i'm spanish and i should know that <laughs> dude i haven't i, I took oh, spanish man. for like seven years in middle school and high school and i didn't even know that i wouldn't have known that said ladder unless i like was watching being the elite so that's yeah. the only reason why i know that let me just throw that out there so it was supposed to be john moxley and kenny omega moxley is out with uh the, the the elbow injury the bursa whatever you want to call it um so now uh, MRSA, 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 yeah bursa bursa MRSA, yeah so now Pac for those of you that's Neville um he now he's now the replacement for for uh, for Moxley so we get Pac and Kenny Omega which really doesn't have a story if I'm correct so they're just going out there they they needed to fill in so they get Pac pretty much and, yeah yeah yep. so Pac and Omega who you got Honestly, I think the match might be a blessing in disguise. Like, I hate the fact the match had to be canceled because uh, Moxley and Omega was built up very well, and they've been building towards it since Double or Nothing. So it was, it was probably going to be the main event. That being said, though, I feel like neither guy should lose. Um, if it was still Moxley and Omega, just because Moxley, you know, he won his debut match, so it wouldn't be his first match. But he's hot right now from the AEW stuff, coming out of WWE, doing the stuff over in New Japan, the independent scene stuff. He's really hot. So to have him lose, I feel like, would be a mistake. And Omega shouldn't lose either because he lost to Jericho back a double or nothing. So to suffer two big losses would be 
kind of damaging for him, at least a little bit. So I'm glad the match isn't happening right now. I think Omega needs another big victory before he can lose again. And I think this is it. So I feel like Omega kind of has to win before he faces Moxley either on the debut show on TNT or on the rumored November pay-per-view. I read about that this morning. Uh, if that comes to fruition, we'll see. But um, yeah, I feel like Omega has to win this one. It could be just as good, if not better, than Moxley and Omega in the ring. Zero story. You are 100% right on that. But in the ring, the should be really really good because we all know how good neville is and omega too so i'm looking forward to it and i would assume the main event adam page against uh chris jericho for the AEW title um you for you you thought it was good if if, if it was moxley and kenny omega that would have been that would have been the main event to to, to you right I did, and I think this match benefits from Moxley being hurt and off the show because I think it establishes the championship as being incredibly important right off the bat if it's the main event. Like, mm-hmm. don't do the universal championship shit where it's like, oh, it's important, and then have it going like fourth to last on its yeah. first ever pay-per-view, like SummerSlam 2016. Like, that's a mistake. Um, they should definitely have it headline the show. I don't know if they were going to do that originally. I don't think so, just because Moxley and Omega was defeat, you know, the headline attraction for the pay-per-view. Right. Uh, but this will absolutely go on last you know for sure okay so Jericho Page inaugural AEW title this this this, this probably the only match I'll give a prediction it, I think it has to be Jericho uh, for, for many reasons but I think if it's not him I think that'll be not a terrible mistake but I think it's a mistake but I will go with Jericho with Jericho, I mean, it has its pros and cons, and I've been going back and forth on this since, you know, he won the match at double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that Jericho's like 50-something. He's an ex-WWE guy. Right. I feel like putting the championship on him from the get-go is just doesn't send the right message um, as like, hey, we're an alternative to WWE, yet we're giving Chris Jericho a world title run. Like... Mm, I don't know. I'm not really high on that. But at the same time, I feel like it's too soon for Paige. Um, Omega, honestly, would have, been, would have been an ideal candidate to become the inaugural champion, in my opinion. They can always build that down the road. Paige should win the title. Not now, though, down the road. Um, Jericho is doing great work right now, though. There's no denying that. Between his New Japan stuff, AEW, he's great on the mic. He's, uh, he's a hot commodity right now, so I really... Although I'm not super high on it for the reasons I mentioned earlier, um, I do think there is a plus to having Jericho as the champion going into the TNT debut. He's a recognizable name. Right. Um, people will be like, oh, Jericho, okay, I know him. I'll watch the show. Like, he's their champion, all right. And then they can always, you know, transition out of that with either Paige's champion or Omega or Moxley or, I mean, he's another WWE guy, but someone else uh, other than Jericho at some point down the road. But I, I like this because it keeps the baby faces in chase mode, and I like that a lot. So I'm going to go with Jericho, Paige winning. It's a win-win either way, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's more cons to Page winning right now. I feel like it's more detrimental to his growth and development as a character. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I feel like if Page wins here, it's like the Roman Reigns treatment. I mean, this guy's won every match on pay-per-view since he debuted, and that's great that they're keeping him strong. Okay, but it, like he doesn't. We don't really know too much about Page, and he just goes out there, has great matches. He's a better wrestler than Roman, but like, and he looks like a star. But he's just too young. Not that he's too young. I don't know. They're just—they're not at that point yet. They gotta have him chase more. Because if they just give him the title right off the bat, not that it's nepotism, since he's one of the elite guys and it's their company and whatever. It's more so the fact that I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of it because with Adam Page, he's just not quite at that level yet. 
when it comes to making him a top star. Like, he's not there. He feels like Roman Reigns circa 2015 where he's winning a lot and he's connecting with the crowd, but I feel like it might not be the same story in six months if he keeps on winning and winning and winning and winning without showing any vulnerability whatsoever. So I feel like Jericho is the best bet to become the inaugural AEW world champion. Yeah, I I think, you know, me and you you brought it up months ago about, I think it was at the double or nothing, that we knew it was going to be Paige and Jericho. And I said the reason why I think Jericho should be the champ because, like like you mentioned earlier, the more rec- recognizable name, the face, the history going back 20 years with uh, McMahon and Bischoff. So you want to start off on TNT high that those people who were not watching, who are not watching anymore can see Jericho. I know he's older now, but the fact that they're, oh, okay, you know, if he's a part of it, then this, this, this new company might have to be somewhat good. Now, I'm not saying he has to be a champion for a whole year like, like fucking Brock Lesnar, but if you start off with him as champ and they come up with uh, a show or a pay-per-view, let's say, in um, November, December, then maybe he'll drop it by them. But you gotta, you gotta have a more recognizable name and more recognizable mm-hmm. star just, just, to, just to start things off, you know. No, I agree. Like everyone knows Chris Jericho. Yeah, I know he's again an ex WWE guy, so I don't think it sends the raw the right message. But then again, if like Omega won the title off the bat, the more I think about it, I feel like you'll get the same complaints. Like, oh, like he's one of the elite guys. They're just putting the top belts on their top guys. Like, you know what I mean? So you're gonna have people complain either way. I just feel like Jericho is a better bet right now. He's a great heel. He's a great heel. So um, Mm. I feel like it's gonna mean something at some point when whoever beats him beats him. Whether it's an Adam Page, an Omega, Moxley, or or someone else we're not thinking of so uh yeah i think jericho kind of has to win here yeah i mean it's not like jericho's gonna win then like defend it against you know gold dust afterwards <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, exactly happening. like if they focus all on the <laughs> wwe guys it'll be tna circa you know fucking 2005 or something um, so hopefully that's not the case i don't even know what dustin what's his status like i know he wrestled the double or nothing yeah he had the team the tag team match with cody at fight for the fallen about a month ago haven't heard much from him i don't think he's in any, he's not definitely not in any match on the show right so i don't know what's going on with him if he's retired if he's an agent now for the company I, I don't know but I guess we'll find out maybe he comes out in Cody's corner on Sunday or rather Saturday we'll say well I mean this is the final show before they go uh, TNT so um, I gotta ask you like how much any any pressure on AEW on, on, on Saturday of how they deliver things and uh, commentary uh, I should know Tony Schiavone is now part of AEW too I did forget about that so I, I don't know mm-hmm. to what capacity for the show for the TNT show for the for the pay-per-views I don't know but I know he's a part of it now uh, so again another name that people know from, from 20 years ago to watch the, the program but any pressure uh, should there be any pressure on AEW on how on how they deliver on Saturday um pressure i mean yeah i mean like i said it's their last big show before the tnt debut so they have to deliver here to make people make people excited for that debut which they already are Mm -hmm. but it's really just the way of maintaining the momentum they already have um it's gonna be tough though because the debut is in for another month and they have being the elite and they have social media so they could do stuff to kind of keep people interested. But it's not like, you know, Jericho is going to show up on their Monday show this week and discuss winning the world title. We won't get that till October. Right. So it, it's tough. Um, regardless of whether the show is good, bad or indifferent, it's that they have that issue. 
But I mean, they have they've had so much buzz since January, and they've been able to maintain it um, for that long that I think they'll be okay. Like they went months without announcing anything from like. I want to say February through maybe like May, like they went a couple months without announcing anything. So this is probably their, uh, their, you know, this isn't really too bad in retrospect, but, um, yeah, I think they will deliver. It has a great card. Some matches more than others. I'm excited for, Mm. um, hopefully it's not long. Like if they really want to be an alternative to WWE, they got to cut the fucking show short. They can't be four hours. And with 10 matches, even two in the pre-show, that's a lot of matches, dude. That's a lot of matches. I know they want to get people on the show and get them exposed to a bigger audience, and that's great and all, but, like, still. I mean, like, four hours is a long-ass mm. time. So right. hopefully they can work on that. Hopefully that's not an issue Saturday. And I think all in all, it'll be a great show, and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully breaking it down here on the show next week. What's the over-under that Pac and Kenny Omega go 45 minutes like, uh, Unless it's a three air. stages of hell match, Randy, I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, listen, AEW had the same issue that NXT did a couple at, at, in Takeover at Takeover uh, the, the fucking Young Bucks versus Rhodes Brothers match. Mm. Dude went like 35 minutes. Why? Really? Like that's ridiculous. Like I, the NXT one, I will defend to the end of time because it was the end of the NXT title match. It was the main event. I mean, that was the main event too. But like that was mm-hmm. a big match. The Rhodes Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Okay, is it a dream match? I guess, but like, did it really need to go 35 minutes? Almost fell asleep watching that. Like, that's nonsense. So hopefully, we don't get that same thing on Saturday. And this, this is, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, correct, correct me, but it, this is going to be Pac's first AEW match, right? Yes, it is. He was supposed to face Page. A double or nothing pulled out, and uh, he's back now. So it will be his debut for AEW in the ring. Okay, so um. I did have a question too. What was it? AEW it was AEW something. Um, damn it, I forgot what it was. But uh, I mean, I'm gonna try to see it on, on Saturday. If not, you know me, I go find I go find some links to see it live or, or, or later on. Um, but very interesting to see what happens. Well, I think CM Punk is gonna be a star cast. It is in Chicago, and I don't want people to get their hopes up. That hell, oh, he might pop out. He just hey, listen, you never know. I mean, if, if he does, oh god. I mean, I, you gotta expect that. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like, oh, fuck, wrestling fans for thinking CM Punk <laughs> will appear. I don't. I don't. I don't mind that at all. It's, I'm not one of those people like, oh, I'm so annoyed that they're talking about CM Punk. Like, yeah. AEW is doing that to himself. Starcast, fucking Starcast on their Twitter account yesterday posted a video of CM Punk in the fucking ring. That's right. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you, stop teasing us. Let's you know what I mean? It. Like, you're just doing that to yourselves at that point. Let's. Do I don't it. care that people are talking about it because I love CM Punk. I don't think he's showing up, uh-huh. but. Um, I don't mind all the talk. I think it'll die down after All Out because it, you know, they won't be in Chicago. That's really why people are talking about it, and because he's going to be at Starcast. So, I don't see it happening, but I don't blame people for thinking it will. Just don't think, don't go into the show thinking, oh, CM Punk's going to show up, and then it's going to end, and then people are like, oh, the show is shit, no CM Punk. Like you just did that to yourselves, people, right. because we, th- there's no chance, virtually no chance he shows up. I just don't see it happening. I'm the same, I think he's but, done with the wrestling. But what if you got to get that little one two percent? What if? Sure. So if you're if you're at home watching. And he fucking pops out. What are you saying? And now the fans can actually chant CM Punk for a good reason, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
um, I lose my shit because I'm a CM Punk fan. I, I he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So, um, meeting him has always been one of my like bucket list items. So, um, you know, CM Punk's one of my top favorites. I would love to see him involved in wrestling in some form or fashion. Whether it's you know even on commentary, I feel like he'd be a great asset. Um, I know he's doing great work right now for some other MMA promotion, doing commentary for them, maybe a Strike Force or something like that. I don't know, but uh, I think Mark would probably know. But uh, he's doing great yeah. work right now, or you know, with the MMA stuff. I would love to see him do something similar for AEW, or I don't know the WWE thing is happening. But in any capacity, it would it would warm my heart to see CM Punk back in wrestling at some point. Well, first of all, I got to renegotiate Mark's contract, so I don't know what's going on with him in this show. But no, <laughs> I know the contract lapsed a couple months ago. We got to figure that out. I know um, ran out, expired. Real quick, what do you think they have? Tony Schiavone do be the the play by play person on the TNT for for the network or pay per view or something else. What do you think? I think they'll just have him do what he's been doing on being the elite, just like making announcements, being in their control center, you know, you know, being the um, resident either interview guy or I mean, he's he's more of a. Um, broadcaster so he's more of a commentator than he is like a backstage interviewer like i don't really want to see him doing that but like on the show maybe they can cut out five minutes of the show and be like hey this is coming up on aew next week or a uh, recap of blah 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 like to give it more of a sports center feel i think he'd be perfect for that type of role in a perfect world i would love to hear him on commentary me too you I know i don't know if that's in the cards though that's the question i know he's still working with mlw he's doing both which is awesome mm -hmm. um i don't know if they're allowing him to do commentary we'll find out saturday my thing is that you know we've heard alex marvez now twice he didn't do commentary at fighter fest i think but he did do commentary at um double or nothing and fight for the fall and that was the guy that they have excalibur who's the mask guy yeah and then obviously jim ross and i think they're a great combo mm. um alex marvez he seems like a really nice guy just commentary <laughs> at least wrestling commentary doesn't really feel like a good fit for him he's done it twice not yeah. too good maybe third time's the charm but mm. i don't know i'd rather see shivani in that spot and um, Alex Marvez seemed to be doing well with the interviews backstage at Fighter Fest. They also signed the guy that was doing commentary at Fighter Fest. His name is Golden Boy. Um, they okay. signed him to a deal. So maybe he shows up on Saturday and instead of Shivani on, in the commentary booth. I don't mm -hmm. know. But they have a lot of options, though. There's that guy, Chris Van Vliet, who's doing interviews. Um, he does a lot of awesome wrestling interviews right now um, on YouTube and stuff like that. He has signed to the AEW. I think he's doing backstage stuff for them. So they have a lot of options in terms of their commentary team, which is cool. That's the question I had. Uh, what have you been hearing about the um, for AEW as far as them being able to sell out the arenas uh, for the first show? Like, I, I think it was that show somewhere in philly or boston just their first couple of shows what have you been hearing about are they been doing a good job and trying to get people to the building i mean yeah they're all technically quote-unquote sold out but i mean a lot of those tickets are on the secondary market like i saw for example the boston one sold out almost immediately um which is the second week um but i looked online because i might go i might be interested in going and there's a ton on stuff up. Granted, they're not as cheap as they were originally because the AEW tickets, they're very moderate with their pricing. Yeah. Very modest. They're, they're like $30 or something. On StubHub, they're like 70 But, I mean, if you really want to go, you'll pay that much, I guess. But they're not sold out technically, but they have mm -hmm. been doing fairly well from what I've seen in terms of uh, selling out arenas and stuff like that. 
And I'll end off with uh, we're going to get Stone Cold at the Garden for Monday Night Raw, uh, September 9th. So they just they announced that. So they're really, they're really going ham. They're really going big into going back to the Garden for the first time in God knows how long. And they're also going to be at the Garden for SmackDown that week. So good to see Stone Cold back in the Garden, you know? Yeah, no, it's cool because I figured they would add someone to that Raw or something just because to the SmackDown, they already added The Undertaker. Mm, um, okay. I mean, I think he's just going to... I mean, we, we talked about this a week or two ago where he, I feel like he just comes out, chokeslams someone or cuts another meaningless promo or whatever. He's just there to sell tickets. Stone Cold is just there to sell tickets. Right. Um, I don't know if his show, in USA Net, uh, his show in USA Network will still be going on at that point. I think so. He just had Baker Mayfield on this week, and it was a great episode. He has Becky Lynch on after Raw this week, which is cool. Um, he's just there to promote the show. First time in a long time that he'll be at MSG, which is cool. I'm hoping to go to that one. Would love to see Stone Cold live. I was there for Raw 25 when he showed up at the Barclays Center, but to see him show up at MSG would be even cooler. So, um, yeah, it's a cool ad to that show. I don't think he'll be doing anything of note, but it'll be nice to see Stone Cold back on Raw um, on his own and not as part of one of these reunion shows for the first time in a long time. Real quick, just to give a shout out to those who answered the question on Twitter about Brett Owen from WrestleMania 10 or SummerSlam 94. Juju BK said, I just finished watching SummerSlam. That was a great match, so he didn't really answer the question. Joe Rod BX said, SummerSlam. Uh, my guy Joe from the New York Post said, I've been always partial to SummerSlam match because it's also one of, if not the best, cage matches I can remember. We also had uh, Jamel Lewis. I leaned towards WrestleMania 10 since I was there that night, so I'm a little biased. Uh, my guy Corey Guile said that, that's a tough one. Um, Jamel also said the SummerSlam show was a really good show, by the way. But if you move the Taker match to the middle, to the middle of the card, it almost gets a full star better, in my opinion. Also, maybe give him somebody else to fight. So maybe he didn't like Taker and Taker. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's preference, um, both are classic matches, but, you know, I'm not making that decision, <laughs> so that's on y'all, you know? No, exactly. It's all subjective. You can't really go wrong with either one. They're both awesome, so, mm -hmm. I mean, as long as you watch one of the matches, if not both, you will consider yourself successful, just because both matches are so great, and it'll make you appreciate wrestling that much more. Last one, how much feedback you got about the uh, your article on Bleacher Report about Triple H being underrated or overrated? Ton of feedback, Randy. Ton of feedback. Nice. Like more than any other in recent memory just because that's such a divisive thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not one opinion swaying one way or the other. Like there were people saying, you know, he's – overrated 100 percent. like the guy's very overrated people mm. are saying underrated like he's you know he doesn't get enough credit blah 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 people are like oh he's rated you know yeah. he's he's what he is like he's not overrated he's not underrated he's right where he is i said underrated because i feel like triple h gets a lot of shit from people and sometimes rightfully so and we talked about this here on the show a while ago a couple weeks ago um where i was saying you know i feel like People largely remember him from that reign of terror from like 04, from like 02 to 05, 04, 05. Yeah. Because he didn't have a lot of great matches back then. I mean, some. But I really, when you really think about his entire career, that now spans almost 25 years. That very wow. few people can say they've had that. Wow. Um, the Undertaker, for one, not even Hogan, like at least in WWE, like the same company for 25 years. That's amazing. 25 um, years. You know, great matches with, and early on in his career, The Rock. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, mm-hmm. Mankind. Yep. And then you fast forward to kind of past the reign of terror. But even during that point, he had a great match with Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on in his career were great. The matches he had with Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Mankind. And uh, later on in his career, Batista, John Cena, The Undertaker again, Shawn Michaels again. Like there's a lot of great matches in there. Even the ones from WrestleMania in recent years. The ones with Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, yeah. Daniel Bryan was a great match at WrestleMania 30. So I say he's underrated but i had a lot of people respond to that article on twitter facebook saying oh so overrated other people were like no he's underrated i agree and then other people were like oh no he's just rated like he is what he is so a lot of polarizing opinions when it comes to triple h and in his uh, in-ring career definitely um go ahead check out grant's work on bleacher report he's on twitter at WrestleRant. go check out the article on whether triple h is underrated overrated or just rated uh great show my man always appreciate it again grant matthews bleacher report WrestleRant. and uh, i know we'll catch up next week bro thank you randy appreciate the time as always and i'll catch your ass next week my friend all right man take it easy all right adios all right